Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome to My Millennial Career. My name is Shelley Johnson. I'm a HR consultant. Hey, Em. Hey, Shell. Emily Bowen here. And I'm all about the world of recruitment. Today on the show, we're talking about one of Em's all-time favorite topics, how to own your career. I do love having this conversation. It won't be new to many people, but the opportunity to drill down and get real specific with a bit of a roadmap to our top four ways for you to do this. Yeah, that's a big deal for me. Before we get into it, though, we want to shout out to our show partner, Rarekind. Rarekind believe there is no limit to how good work can be. They create life-changing work experiences. They celebrate unique people and build up better culture for businesses. They want people to be their very best selves in the workplace, and they work relentlessly to make that happen. If you're looking for an uncommonly good work experience, visit rarekind.com.au. All right, Em, let's get into it. Yeah, I'm here for this. We've got our four (laughs) ways for you to own your career. And number one, have the conversation. Go there. Speaking of favourites, we're just going to, you know, it's just a big love fest because this is another (laughs) one of our favourites and in particular, Shell, something that you have a real passion for. And in so many of our episodes, we talk about talking. We talk about having the conversation. Yeah, and it's a really interesting one because... All of us need to be, throughout our career, having regular conversations with our managers, with our peers, with our colleagues, whoever it is, to actually move and take steps forward. But it's a really funny thing because it can be really difficult to put yourself out there. And the types of conversations we might be having are saying to your manager, hey, I'd really love to move into this role or get a promotion. How can I do that? Or I'd love a pay rise or I'm feeling a little bit disengaged? How can I uh, be more challenged at work? And they're all kind of, um, they, they can be complex discussions to have in a workplace. You could also be talking to them about something personal that's going on for you. So maybe you're you're pregnant and you're expecting a baby and you're planning for that amongst your family. Perhaps something less exciting and, and maybe you know, unfortunately more challenging is happening in your life where you've lost a loved one or your partner has, uh, their role has been made redundant. And so you're having these big life-changing events that whether we, no matter how much we might try and resist it, whether we like it or not, are going to flow into how we're able to show up at work ourselves. Yeah, that's it. I was talking to, and I guess the reason why we think this is so important for owning your career is the better we get at having these conversations, the more opportunity can come our way, but also the better the relationship with your employer or your boss will be. And that's really important in developing your career. One of the things I was talking to a business owner the other day, and and he was telling me that he had this issue with a staff member and he thought the staff member wasn't performing. 
And he was a bit worried and he's like, oh, they're not really doing their job. I'm worried that they're dropping the ball on this, this and this. I'm going to have a conversation with him and, and talk to him about what, what's lacking in his work at the moment. And he went into that conversation. He came back to me and said, oh, you wouldn't believe it. But he was really worried that this person wasn't doing their job. But then he found out that that person had just lost a loved one, a really, um, you know, a significant thing had happened and he had no idea. And he was just like, oh my gosh, this person's been going through this really full on thing and I have no knowledge of it. And it just made me think there's so many opportunities for us as employees to raise things with our boss that can actually help them support us. But whatever it is in us as humans, sometimes we don't like to ask for help. But the best thing for that boss would have been to say this really heavy thing's going on and I... I just want to let you know because it's really impacting me at work at the moment. And people really appreciate that heads up and that honesty. Well, it makes sense of things. So this business owner that you've just spoken of, he's looking at the situation and thinking, this guy's not up to scratch. His performance is lacking. And it's not my favourite thing to do, but I'm going to need to have a performance conversation with him. And he then, that's that does bring a level of pressure and stress for everybody, the business owner included, and he sits down ready to have what is quite a difficult conversation. If you were to flip this on its head and instead as employees, if we have, if we build a relationship, it all starts at the beginning, if we build a relationship with our boss where when something's as significant as the death of a loved one happens means that we can sit down with them and share with them in as much or as little detail as we like, just simply the fact that that is going on and perhaps a couple of key details, maybe when the funeral is or what other distractions there might be from work that aren't normally there, then all of a sudden that context brings with it so much more empathy and understanding. And so that business owner would be more inclined for the coming weeks or as long as is needed to perhaps be more uh, flexible around how much time that person can have off, around where they can do their work or even the quality of work as well. So if there's a, a big project with competing demands, they can help look at how else can we actually get that outcome so that the business continues to do what it does, but we're still looking after you? And I think it goes to at the heart of this is have that conversation and ask for help when you need it, whatever the help looks like. So it might be you want to get a mentor. And so you're asking someone, hey, Em, can you be my mentor? Like, would you sit down with me once a quarter and have a coffee and chat about career stuff and work stuff and help me grow? Or you might be asking for um, how can I, how can my manager help me to move sideways into a different department? Whatever it looks like, we want you to have more of these conversations because they're really favourable for you, but they're really actually favourable for the business. And like that story that I shared, business leaders want to know where you're at. And they're not, you say this all the time, Em, they're not mind readers. They don't know where the things that you want or, the, or where you're at. So just bringing it up, just being bold enough to have that discussion and ask for what you want and ask for the help that you need. It's no different to any other significant relationship in our life where communication is key and the more that we can all be on the same page, have that understanding, the better off we're all going to be. So number one, have the conversation. All right. Number two is plan for the unexpected. 
And it's very cool. A bit like an insurance plan for your career. That's right. It is really important to plan for things to maybe go wrong, for the uncertainties. And I remember when COVID really kicked off and we started to see a lot of redundancies. And one of the things that I noticed in HR was that a lot of people hadn't probably planned for the unexpected. And that's natural. You don't necessarily go in thinking, oh, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to plan for something bad to happen. Like no one wants to live their life like that. But I think your comment about insurance is really important. And because it, it, it gives us this insight to, well, sometimes things really do go your way. And then sometimes things don't happen the way we'd like it. But if we actually have a plan for the unexpected, we have a plan for maybe I might get made redundant at one point. Maybe I might have to change jobs unexpectedly due to having to relocate out of the blue. Things that happen in life that we just can't plan for, but we can plan for a level of uncertainty, which is why I guess we have this contingency plan or this insurance policy for these kinds of things. And so to me, what that looks like is having, I suppose, a cash buffer. And I know we talk about that a lot on My Millennial Money, But there's other things like building your network. How do you keep your LinkedIn up to date? Those kinds of really practical things that mean that if something unexpected happens, I have done some hard yards in advance so that I'm not on the back foot. It can also bring about the opportunity to take on new things as they present themselves that maybe you didn't see coming. It's not unusual to have someone in your network call you out of the blue and say they thought of you if you have done that work on building your network. Uh, It was only last week that somebody who I've known for many years and people ask me how we know each other and it's a difficult question to answer because I kind of go, well, he was a client and he was a candidate and he was a subcontracted consultant that I did a project with and then now I just think he's a friend, I guess. And I'm not really sure what order all of those things happened in. But the reason for his call was because one of his now clients is looking for a member on their board. And so he thought of me and he was keen to put forward a recommendation if I was interested. With that though, comes a sense of urgency because I don't think I'm alone in saying that it feels like everything happens on fast forward in the world these days. You know, we need to move quickly. We need to move in an agile way as individuals in our careers in the same way that businesses do in order to remain relevant and succeed. And so all of a sudden it's like, yeah, I'm keen. What does, you know, what does next steps look like? And I need to be able to put my hands on a board resume and I, you know, need to start thinking, okay, what happens next if they're looking to check referees? And if I haven't actually kept that resume or created that resume, if I haven't created that resume, kept that resume up to date, and if I haven't identified and maintained relationships with people who can be my referee, all of a sudden, well, the stress levels go up, but it makes it a lot harder for me to come to the party and actually be successful in that opportunity that's presented itself unexpectedly. Yeah, and it's such a good one to uh, call out. So there's the the unexpected ones that are um, really tough and then there's the, also those unexpected awesome opportunities that come up but we need to move quickly to really capitalise on that opportunity which is such a great example with the board one that's come up. I'm, I, now I'm like, I want to hear more about that. Like, <laughs> So after this conversation... Um, the other thing I was thinking of as well is that can be unexpected is your if you've got a really good relationship with your manager and all of a sudden they leave. Oh my goodness, that's a good one. Yeah, bomb yeah, dropping. Okay. Like I yeah. have I guess my managers I've loved so many of my managers and and my favorite one she 
um, I always used to panic that she would leave. Yeah. And I'm like, I would say to her, I need to leave before you leave because I don't like, I don't want to work for someone else. And uh, that's very selfish of me towards her. But I think it's when you have a really good relationship with a boss and then all of a sudden they're like, hey, I'm letting you know I'm resigning. And then you get a new boss that maybe you don't like, that changes your whole work environment and when you've got a boss that you love and you've built that strength of relationship with don't you feel it's a little bit like this parental relationship not in a weird way but in a way where you just think they're there forever like you don't let yourself entertain the idea that they might not be there one day well and then you have a new manager come in and you essentially feel like you're on probation again you're having to reprove your skill set and capability but I just think it's important to remember that unexpected things or things that we you know come they happen out of the blue and just allowing ourselves that knowledge that that might happen and then have some things in place ready to go for if that is the case. Because to go down that rabbit hole, it could also be at home that something unexpected happens in your partner's career and that then has that ripple effect to you as well. So yeah. we really need to be considering that. Ultimately though, what we're looking for is for you to set yourself up so that you have choice so that you have options and so that at no point do you feel stuck or like you're on the back foot. Two down, two to go. So we're going to take a break here and we'll be back in a second. Hey, thanks for listening. We love learning how to do all things well, which is why we've created a bunch of different podcasts. So go and check out My Millennial Money, My Millennial Money Express, My Millennial Property, My Millennial Health, My Millennial Business and Gen Z Money. Find these wherever you're listening to this podcast. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Number three, we encourage you to go beyond your comfort zone. We've spoken in the past about applying for a job. Something as simple as seeing an ad on seek and thinking to yourself, I wish I could do that. Whether you're at 50%, 80% or 90% of what that job ad is asking for, too often we allow our sense of need to fit, hit 100% get in the way of us applying. And so we encourage you, whether it be in that job application process or throughout your career in other respects, to go beyond your comfort zone, take action and actually put yourself out there. That's so good, Em, because in our application process, we absolutely want to be kind of stretching ourselves and pushing ourselves and putting ourselves out there. And in the same way, when 
wherever you're at in employment, growth is a really central theme. Doing things that little bit before you're ready is such an important part. And I was reading this tweet actually from Gary Tan. Heaps of people would have seen it because it's doing the rounds everywhere. And he says, my best career advice, at every job you should either learn or earn. Either is fine, both is best, but if it's neither, quit. And I was like, yes, you should either be earning bucket loads of money or learning, preferably both. But if you don't have either, then quit. And I think the learning part to me is way more important than dollars. That's probably just where I'm at personally. And if I'm not learning or growing or I'm not being pushed to go beyond my comfort zone, I think that job is a dead end job. That's how I kind of would see it for myself because that's part of growth is one of my values personally. I just think that we need to allow ourselves to, and I know this is probably like lame and cliche, but be comfortable with the discomfort and that stretch feeling is really important because it opens doors. It gives us choice. It gives us opportunity, as you mentioned before. What does, okay, I'm going to ask you a question and I know I do this often and you're like, oh, well, that's a, where did that come from? That's okay. I'm here. I'm here and I'm ready. <laughs> I'm, I'm outside my comfort zone yeah, in this moment. Yeah, good man. Like, <laughs> hell, what you going to ask? Um, what does going beyond your comfort zone look like? What does it look like? As you were speaking, Shell, something that was, I guess was coming to my mind and that I was reflecting on, it's funny, I'm sitting here thinking, God, these things are also in- interconnected because when you go outside your comfort zone, in my experience, I'm trying something new. Now, that might be joining a board. It might be a public speaking gig that I've done. I know I've said this before, but it might be starting a podcast. And when I then map those things to what have I received, what have been the consequence of that, it's all been new connections. It's all been new relationships. And in turn, that gives me a greater sense of security in regards to owning my own career because I know, and I ask myself this question every now and then, if I was to lose my job this afternoon, what would I do? And the first answer that comes to my mind, when I was ready, of course, I'm sure that there'd be a few tears or something in between this, but when I was ready to actually do something, I would start conversations. I would start talking to people. I would start basically working my network. And the people who I would be reaching out to first are the ones that they know how capable I am. They know the work that I've done. They've had to rely on me in the past. And I've built a strong enough relationship with them that they'd be willing to help because they know if the shoe was on the other foot, I'd be there to help them as well. So for me, going outside your comfort zone just comes back to this like cyclical, you know, but people-based and network-based saying yes to experiences. I love that so much. And I was listening to Dan Pink has his new book out on, it's on regrets. And he says this amazing thing in his book about most people regret inaction, the things they didn't do more than they regret the things that they did do. And I think that's really like fascinating because it's like, well, we can make some big, crazy mistakes, but what we tend to regret are the things that we don't do. And so I think about how many opportunities we don't put our hand up for because we think, oh, I probably wouldn't fit the bill for that. I'm not like, I don't have all those things or oh, I can't go into a leadership role because I haven't done it before. And it's like, well, how did anyone get into any leadership role? They didn't do it before. Like there's a first time for everything. And I think how do we get over the fear 
or well acknowledge the fear and then move past it of going okay well yeah I'm nervous about this I'm nervous to fail because I think acknowledging the fear of failure is really important, but I'm still going to take action. I'm still going to get beyond my comfort zone because that's that growth zone. That's where we experience. And that's where you will experience the most engagement in your career is when you're really fast growing, when you're having all those learning opportunities. So that's why to me, this space and this um, point is so important. And it, it really does allow you to feel like you are learning, you're stretching, but you're so engaged in the work that you're doing. And what can be powerful in those moments is to sometimes put one toe out, be, you know, beyond that comfort zone, sometimes put one foot out and sometimes leap outside. Whenever you do that though, there's going to be opportunity to have some safety nets around you the first time, something for you to fall on. And so whatever it might be, you're right. If you haven't done it before, well, that's the first time and and everybody has had to experience that before they have then done it 1,000 times. But typically the person that's encouraging you or that is offering you or is there with you knows. They know it's your first time. You know, if you are receiving that promotion at work or you've applied for a role that you've never done before or somebody asks you to come and do public speaking, they know, they're doing that knowing that you haven't done it before. And if it makes you feel better, do what I do and say, you know, I've never done this before, right? But I'm happy to give it a go if you think I could be good at it. I love that. That is such a good way to actually frame it and just put it out there. And I love that what you're saying there is, you know, I haven't done it before, but I'm happy to give it a go rather than just going, oh, I haven't done it. I, I'm not sure. Like mm. you're actually putting it back to them to allow them to speak into you and say, no, Em, I do agree. You can do it. Yeah. You'll be fine. I know that you're good at these things and it will transfer or I've seen you do this, that and the other. I'll be there with you. We'll just make sure that it, it works for you. All right. Number four, build your brand. And if we think about the four things together, and you're so right, Louis, these really do connect and they're kind of like, if you think about it as like a Venn diagram with four, do Venn diagrams only have three? I think they do. Venn diagrams I know have two. I thought Venn diagrams had three. And they overlap in the middle, but then you can add a third circle. You're right. I'm not sure that I've, I've never seen, seen a four. I, think I don't think I've ever seen one. But let's four. pretend. <laughs> let's pretend this is a four. Uh, but <laughs> I'm sure there's like an actual chart that has four. Anyway. Maybe like a quadrant type thing. <laughs> I don't know. Well, Use your anyway, imagination. Whatever. I'm outside my comfort zone. Tell, right this moment. <laughs> you're like, look, go beyond your conversation. That's but what I'm having doing. the conversation because we didn't expect to be here. <laughs> so the fourth area is build your brand. And this is so important and there's so many ways to do this. But for us, it's thinking about what do you want to be known for in your community, in your industry? If you were to try and drill down to what is it, what are the problems that I solve? What's the value that I add? And what do I want to be known for? And then start to craft your brand around that about, and you, that's how you then represent yourself on LinkedIn or wherever you, um, whatever kind of ways that you do that through the business as well. But that's my perspective. And what do you think around this? I completely agree with you. And I guess I just want to run a highlighter over the fact that particularly those first three things that we've spoken on, so much of that is you doing the work for you and it's somewhat behind the scenes or it may only be seen by one person, that one person that you're having the conversation with, that one person who is there when you're going beyond your comfort zone for the first time or the second time. So build your brand for me is all about making sure that the rest of the world 
and the people in particular who are most important to the area that you want to be known for being expert in or for being really great in or that you're keen to push into, make sure those people actually know about it. And all of those small things that might not seem like a big deal, but it's part of how we build our brand at work and every interaction, be it with internally in the business or with the suppliers or clients or whoever, seeing them all as part of, um, I guess you're just considering how do you want to be known? How do you want to be represented? Well, let's take a, an employee example. And while not everybody is an employee, I think you can apply this the same thinking that I'm about to talk to, uh, to anybody who runs their own business. And that's this idea that you want your customers lining up out the door to employ your services. So whether you're an employee who is looking for a job either now or might be looking for a job in the future, which I dare say we all will be at some point, or whether, as I say, you're a business owner, the ultimate goal is to market yourself to the point that when the time comes, you actually don't need to go out there and try and find the next customer, the next employer. Instead, you've got this list of people who have already contacted you because you're known for being the the go-to person that they want in their business for that role. Yeah, and what a good place to be. Like having, I think that going back to that board example, it's someone that you've known for a long, long time. You can't really remember how you know them, but then they come to you and say, we've got this opportunity. We think you'd be great, which is what we want. We want to have those opportunities and that comes by building a solid brand where people know and trust you. Well, then you've got the ownership to say yes or no. And so if we talk about owning your own career, that's got to be sort of the holy grail, I guess. Absolutely. So there are four ways to own your career. It's something that we're really passionate about on My Millennial Career. And we think that as you do this, that's how you build your dream career. That's how you build a career that you love. And hey, we're going to wrap it up there, unless you've got any final thoughts. No, look, let's leave it there short and sweet, (laughs) but with food for thought to go away and apply in your everyday. And we do deep dive on, on other episodes into things like fear. And so we encourage you to have a flick back if you've been inspired by our four ways to own your career. Awesome. Well, if you enjoy the show, we'd love if you could leave a five-star rating and review. That really helps us to get the show out there. And we'd love if you share it with your friends. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you soon. Talk to you later. We acknowledge the dark and young people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits and pay respect to their elders past and present. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. Hey, thanks for listening. We love learning how to do all things well, which is why we've created a bunch of different podcasts. So go and check out My Millennial Money, My Millennial Money Express, My Millennial Property, My Millennial Health, My Millennial Business, and Gen Z Money. Find these wherever you're listening to this podcast. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods 
for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.